welcome back to Getting to the Top podcast, where I interview transformational leaders about their leadership journey in hopes of inspiring you on your own leadership journey. And today I have none other than the incredible, fascinating, hilarious, and extraordinary Una Mae Gordon. And you know what? Normally I go ahead and I introduce my guests. But today I'd like to ask Unami to introduce herself and her capacity and the things that she's done. And then we'll start talking about how she got to this incredible place on a global scale. Unami. Well, thank you, my wonderful Raquel. <laughs> you are the illustrious Raquel for, for inviting me into your space. And I'm happy to be here. Let me introduce myself, probably starting at the beginning and going okay. coming to here. Okay. So most, if not all know, I'm just a little country girl from the real dark rural part of St. Thomas, Jamaica, who was thrown into Kingston in the ghetto <laughs> in my early days in high school. That, that's I like to introduce myself that way. And so I'm also a middle child, one of seven siblings. Wow. Initially, it was six. Um, now we are seven. My mother got caught at the end of, 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 a, of a period. But for all of my adults, most of my adult life, we were six children and I am the middle child. So as usual, I suffer from terrible middle child syndrome. So, you know, I am loud and all the things that comes with, with middle child syndrome. And then I think the other thing that I, my father was very abusive. I never forget that mm -hmm. um, to my mother, not to his children, mm -hmm. to my mother, but my mother was the most loving. So we are from the most tight knit and loving family that you could ever have. Um, speaking to each other every day in a family chat is still unheard of wherever we are in the world, but at least every single day. So from that, I'm an environmental professional by, by training, as you know, and has been in agriculture environment for almost all my life. Um, gone to school in Kingston, as I said, from rural. Went to the Sprint Factory in Jamaica. I am really? a Camperdown girl. We were the original Sprint Factory. Um, and then from Camperdown, I did national youth service. My father, I was just looking at a post on Twitter. My father always said, study the civics. It, 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 it is what will make you into respect. So when I see the coat of arms in the wrong place, I hear my father's voice in my head. But so I did national youth service, which was where I decided, you know, I needed time to, to find myself after leaving high school. There was in Jamaica at the time a national youth service where you could go. And so I did national youth service. And then after that, I went to college, which at the time was the Jamaica School of Agriculture. So I'm a member of that illustrious old farmer group that we call ourselves. We are now endangered species because the college went out when it was moved to Parsley Gardens and it's a different breed. So we are old farmers, O-L-E, not old. <laughs> and then after college, I went to work. Um, as I said, I like to say, 
poverty is not a deterrent it is a motivator for people like us absolutely um, and like i just want to point out that uh, that uname is currently the chairman of the uh five c's which is a caribbean uh caricom institution but apart from that is well respected on the international stage at the UN level as a UN negotiator um, has led several negotiations on behalf of Jamaica but is also a sought after um, uh, a negotiator climate champion climate uh, success story uh, uh, an, an absolute activist um, well respected in, in all circles Caribbean and regionally and globally so I am I'm so honored to be talking to you and to hear about where you started because it would surprise a lot of people who see you commanding an audience at the UN level, understanding that you started in rural Jamaica, not even in not even in Kingston. Dark rural. Don't forget the dark part. <laughs> dark rural Jamaica. Yeah. And I probably was one of the first Raquel first person in Jamaica that really had a graduate degree in environmental sciences, wow. in, in, in real environmental science. You know, you had degrees in botany and geography and environmental order, but in environmental sciences, uh, if, you, if you check the record correctly, I probably was one of the first person. And at the time when I thought I was gonna do environmental sciences, people were asking me, what kind of esoteric degree that you're going to try to do? What what that can do? You know what exactly? What are you going to do with that? Exactly, <laughs> and so I really could not get a scholarship to go do that. Oh, I wow. did not get. I had to borrow money at commercial bank rate. Wow. I so what were you thinking at the point that you decided that you wanted to do environmental <laughs> sciences? What were you thinking you were going to be doing? I I just I was in agriculture at the time. Mm -hmm. And the people in agriculture were me off. And I'm like, I need to leave this profession, but I need to remain connected to the to. I mean, I'm a like Caribbean people, we are outside beings. I don't need anything that will take me inside and lock me up inside. So I started I can't imagine you being being locked up anywhere. <laughs> so I just started looking, I'm like, oh, hmm. There is something called environmental sciences. So you knew you knew the environmental movement in Jamaica at the time was strong, but I mean, to, I thought there were it was just activism and advocacy. But there was something called environmental sciences that was not offered anywhere in our part of the world. So I went to, and it was not days of internet and these kinds of things. I went to the library, to Tom Redcomb Library, to look up this thing that, that I that wanted. You, and you were like, I just enjoy it. I'm going to study it. And I'm going to hope for the best for a career when I get out. When I get back. I don't All care. Right. That's All right. where I'm going. And, I, and, then I, and it was far. I, I went to, to the Netherlands. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. I went to the Netherlands to a university that I could not even pronounce at the time, but it did look nice and fancy. I went to Wageningen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Just listen, I can't pronounce it, but I'll go. And I had to borrow money at commercial rates to go get this degree. So, yeah. and again, that, 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 not just that poverty, but that encumbering yourself to get yeah. this degree must have been a motivator. To, yes. to make sure that, listen, you pass every class, you 
you had to. Yeah. There was no choice. Failure was yeah. not an option now because I owe the money. Mm -hmm. I am far away. I'm not leaving the Caribbean. I have to go back home. My mother was there struggling to find the two the other siblings and whatever she have, she would send it like a $10 sometimes. Mm -hmm. But I have to go home. And yeah. I said, I'm going. So yeah. that in itself. So as I said, these were just motivation that failure was really not an option. Nice. Really, really not an option at the time. Fortunately, I did good. Got a really good degree. Good grades. Graduated with a degree in environmental health with a major in air pollution control at the time. Wow. Climate change was not even being spoken about right. at the time. So, Did you but, make many friends while you were there? I mean... Oh, oh. I was the first Jamaican to have registered full-time in the master's program in wow. that in that university. So I was like token Jamaican. You were the, you're everybody's Jamaican friend. I had a fan club <laughs> <laughs> with, with a president. Bob, Bob Marley's personal representative. <laughs> I was from Bob Marley country. So I had, people will tell you who went to school with me. I had a fan club with a president from Slovenia, <laughs> from Slovakia, Alegna. Mm -hmm. And so we had, plus when I went in the summer of, I think it was 96, I met a Canadian and we were the only two persons at the time in that class who spoke English. Oh, wow. Even though the course was offered in, in English, okay. we were, so we became like, yeah, you know, we introduced if you're the only two people, there, right, to speak the language, <laughs> introducing ourselves around the room. And then she's like, you speak English, you speak English. And we, we are friends still to oh, this wonderful. day. Wonderful. Um, she was white as leaf. I was black as love. <laughs> Perfect. We are friends. We are friends. We are friends to this day. She actually, her husband worked at worked at Cedar. She's from mm -hmm. Canada, mm -hmm. and fortunately for me, in the last a couple of years ago, they were actually posted here in Jamaica. Oh, lovely! It was it was the best thing when she said, "Guess who is coming to Jamaica?" Walt is being posted in Jamaica, so they were posted here for the last four. Oh. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, that's, 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 that's like a, the ultimate reunion coming home. The ultimate. And the, with the kids and everybody, you know, I go to pick them up at school and they're like, Auntie Unami. And they're like, Auntie Unami. But she's black as leaf. They're white. How can they be Auntie? I'm at their graduation. I'm at their whatever. But it's, yeah, it's, it's that's actually, family. That's absolute that's, family. That's, that's my family. That's so me. you graduate and then what, what is the first job with this? this unique, as you call it, esoteric degree? I came home and I could not get my work. Of course, because people are like, I've not even heard of this degree. Climate change is not an issue yet. So, so what I do got you do? The Small Business Association, I think I can't, I think it was Robert Winter, if my memory serves me well, it was the chair of the Small Business Association and a friend of mine, he, he had gotten some work from USC to do some some work with a small business. 
And mm -hmm. a friend of mine said to him, you know, I have a friend who just graduated with environmental science. She can do the audit for you. So I got a little tinsy, wincy, wincy consultancy. I didn't even have a computer at the time because mm -hmm. I came home. Right. A little consultancy to do some audits, which was right up my environmental audits. Oh, very nice. Ocherius Market with, his, with his, the craft vendors, Ocherius Market, the Bengali estate that you see, the St. Thomas Market, a lot of the markets that the small business people are operating. And just a, just a point out that Uname, and I'm not just saying this, Uname is a, a, a really sought after consultant in this area because of her, her decades of experience. But I've actually seen her being chased at a conference. <laughs> <laughs> Where people are like, right? I need to speak to Uname because I'm running, I'm running, right? <laughs> yes. yes, I'm still I'm in this space now that I am today. I'm running still, <laughs> but I'm 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 giving thanks. Yes, that, yes. That was the first thing that I did. And then right after, I'm like, no, I've served this country too much. So I, I walked into the office of the permanent secretary and said, I'm not staying without a job. You have a project. I have looked at it, I've looked at what it needs, and I can do this job, but I don't want you to give me this job. I want to be interviewed for the job. If I don't succeed, then it, but I need to be. And he said, well, send me an application. And I did, and I was called for an interview. And then, you know, I'm, I'm documenting some things about gender and racism and, and that in the, in the workplace because this was one of them. I was sued, but there was a boy that was for that coordinator. So he said, well, you can get this one and then you can help him to do that one. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, so, you know, and, and I have heard this about you is that you are willing to stand up whether you are the underdog, whether you are standing up I for am, yourself. I stand down. Um, and you are you are willing to take on the big fights. I stand down. I I my father, who we thought at the time was a madman, but now we understand that he was wise beyond his. He said, "You should respect authority, but never be afraid of it." Mm. And I've lived with that all my life. I have the ultimate respect for authority but I'm not afraid of it. Mm. So oh, that, and that so came good. from my father. Right? And as I tell you, I know my strengths and they need to be respected. Yeah, That's for it. sure. I love it. And and you know, that there's such a fine line because people think that if you respect authority, then you do whatever they say. And no, that, no. that, no, that, no. that can lead you astray. So you no. always, you're always respectful, but you can mm -hmm. say, listen, I disagree. I stand up yeah. for myself. I stand up for my country. I stand up for my people. I stand up for the Caribbean. I stand up for small mm -hmm. Island developing states. Mm -hmm. I stand up for whoever needs to be mm -hmm. supported, but yeah. with all due respect. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Yeah. yeah. All right. So then, mm -hmm. so then you're working in the ministry now, Working on this project. Working on this project. And then I saw an application in the paper for a job to, mm -hmm. to write the biodiversity, to, to be team leader for the biodiversity strategy of Jamaica. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yes, now I have a chance to, because that job was in agriculture and I was mm -hmm. just going along there. 
So I applied for the job and I remember exactly where I was that day when I got the call for the interview. Where were and you? I was down in St. Elizabeth at Hounslow oh. <laughs> with some small farmers, which is where nice. I find my happy place. The there you go. The rural people. And they mm -hmm. invited me to an interview and I said, yes, I'm available. And I remember the project manager calling me three times to say, you must study for the interview. And I'm like, study for an interview? People study for an interview? People don't. This is what I do. I just come from school. I have a degree, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But I went, the, the thing is that the morning I was going for the interview, and this is why I don't eat Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> I'm scared and intrigued to hear this story. Let me hear what happened. With the evening before, uh -huh. I bought some Kentucky Fried Chicken. Uh -huh. And the morning of that interview, I had the worst diarrhea. <laughs> when I went there, I was sick. But I had to go because I needed a job. And I get there and I'm looking as white as leaf. And I'm telling this lady that... <laughs> working and she offered me some milk tea and uh, I took the tea and I drank it the rest is history I got the job <laughs> <laughs> my sojourn with Kendrick <laughs> oh my goodness you know I once had a woman tell me in an interview that she was an alcoholic and then two minutes later she was like did I did I say alcoholic I meant workaholic I meant workaholic but of course in my head I'm like uh she <laughs> said she was an alcoholic <laughs> yeah but it's workaholic well that's it workaholic, but, no, but i'm met. telling you and i thought that was the worst thing that could happen in an interview i stand i stand corrected not the worst you thing that can happen i tell you i i've never forgotten that because i was so sick that morning mm. and i went to the ministry and i'm done the interview was done in africa and i'm just barely just and i'm like what the hell but I went and I remember Leona Barnamy giving me a cup of milk tea and I had the tea and it was, it was the rest is history. And the thing is, if you could perform in an interview enough to get the job under those circumstances, the job is a breeze. The, the job was a breeze because I, I and the job was a breeze because I you know I you know you never forget this seminal moment in your mm -hmm. life where you go into an interview and you they ask you, remember, they ask me a question about the convention. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm not a lawyer. I told the people in the interview, I, I am not a lawyer. The convention is a legal document. Mm -hmm. But I said to them, I can tell you, if I get this job, nobody will know the convention better than me. Right. Because I then become the team leader for the for that. And, and mm -hmm. really, that is what it is. Mm -hmm. That you have to show up with yourself all the time when given a task to do you just have to be present and this value that that i put on being present mm. this is it because once you are given a job to do then every single time raquel for me is to show up with my authentic self and be present to do that job Every time. Mm -hmm. and, and so probably that is one of the reasons why I, I, I am here. I don't want to be there. I'm here because 
anytime you don't get a chance to do that, then it becomes difficult. Anytime you, you are in a job where that can't happen and where your soul is being challenged. Mm. Yeah. Leave it alone. Yeah. That's what I And you know that there's so many sort of authors coming out now talking about how do you show up at work as your authentic self? How do you how do you exude that confidence and show up as you? Because a lot of us as black women mm -hmm. feel like we have to show up being somebody else in order no, to assimilate into me. the environment. Not and that me. to be successful, that's what you have to do. But not, you not have me. been successful as you showing up as you all day not long. Me. Confidence unapologetic. Time. Any time I cannot be me and be present in my authentic self at a job, I know it's time. Yeah. As they would say, time come. Time to go. And yeah. 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 And you know, and, and I say, I say to my daughter all the time, you always want to leave on your own terms. So oh, you need too. to be able to read and say, you know what? This is not mm -hmm. a good, this is not a good setup. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a toxic setup. It doesn't no, have to be, no. it and it doesn't have to be acrimonious either. It doesn't have Never. to be acrimonious. It just yeah. means that it is challenging something inside of you. Mm -hmm. Um that really you can't you can't identify anymore. Yeah. Time to leave. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think so many of us are frightened of mm -hmm you know, frightened of doing the thing, frightened of studying the thing you want to study, frightened of pursuing the career you want to yeah. pursue, frightened of standing up for yourself, mm -hmm. frightened of showing up as your authentic self. Mm -hmm. So so is it that you were the middle child and you're like, listen, if I am not confident and, you know, present and like out there, no one will see or hear me or was it something else? Was it Was it your father's influence or your father's advice or your mother's love? What was it that gave you this... Listen, I need to be present, authentic, stand up for myself. I need to be confident. And this is how I am. And yeah. I will do it unapologetically and succeed I, you, or fail you, in that. You know, you know Raquel, when, when I left the country, my mother sent me from the country mm -hmm. and sent me into West Kingston to live with my cousins to go to school so it's either that or she would have boarded me in Morant Bay because we were from the other end of St. Thomas yeah I it was it was among the most frightening things because this was like cowering and I remember that first day that my cousin was taking me to school and you remember the JOS bus those were days of the JOS mm -hmm. bus and she, my cousin was like this size. <laughs> and we are going on Orange Street to get the bus. You know Jamaica very well. And when she got to the door, we, you know, the school children, we were on Orange Street. The bus driver, you know, those closed and the bus driver closed the door mm -hmm. and closed her out. I was inside and she was outside. I panicked so hard. But she said, Two words, three words. Follow the crowd. Because <laughs> a lot of school children yeah. were on the bus. <gasps> and that's all I hear. Mm -hmm. Follow the crowd. So now I'm looking to see which Camperdown child is coming on. Yeah. I've gone to school before because my mother take me there to show me where the school to show me the classroom. Mm -hmm. But since that day, I decided that was the last day I was following any crowd. 
Mm. Leading the, the charge. Day. I will anytime I see something that will prevent. I remember my cousin. She's mm -hmm. God rest her soul now, yeah. telling me to follow the crowd. the crowd in that yeah. bus. I think that is my that has been my driver to say you can get so lost in this world by following the crowd or not following the crowd. You decide. Yeah. Mm. I decided that may I follow the crowd that day. But, but it was the last time. I'm going to find my way. <laughs> that, those were some of the things. And then there was just such violence and everything. I was in West Kingston in mm -hmm. 1970s. Wow. Where all my friends were, family, they were gone. I, I tell people I'm not afraid of a gun. Mm. They were part of my existence. I didn't know that I was supposed to be afraid of them. Yeah. Mm? Everybody was walking up and down Wellington Street. The bad men were the bad men were there walking yeah. up and down. I'm more afraid of a knife, which can just mass, but a gun was I yeah. never saw anybody until my husband got shot. I never saw no. anybody got shot. And that was in my other life. But yeah. guns are part of the existence. So I'm really not afraid because I did not know at the time coming from the country where I only saw policemen with guns. Mm -hmm. Now to see man just going down the road. Yeah. I didn't know I was supposed to be afraid. Wow. But I also knew that I did not want to be associated with anybody who had a gun or who did those things or whatever so while a lot of my friends got pregnant their baby father was a gunman their baby father i decided i don't want a gunman for my baby father yeah first of all i don't want to be no baby mother <laughs> those kinds of so so yeah throughout my life i've made this decision of things i do not want still probably don't know what i want you know but i know exactly <laughs> You know, and there's something to be say, said for knowing what you don't want, eh? because you're ruling out things. You're just like, okay, ruled out, ruled out. Not an option, yeah. not so, an option. So I, I don't want no way, baby father. And and God forbid, it's not going to be a gunman. Yeah. 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 But I peeled away what I didn't want yeah. so that I could continue towards achieving what I wanted. And some of the things, as, as you would say, I've been good. I've been yes, good. Yes. Yes. So tell me some of the things in your career that you're most proud of. Um, I think at this point, so let me start at the end now. Mm -hmm. Having gone actualize, self-actualize myself, because I'm actually if you if you put it down to that self-educated, being a continuous learner. Mm -hmm. So when I when I was named as representative to ECA for the OECS, I became the representative of ECA's largest representation. Um, it it was a it was actually a nice moment for me, mm -hmm. um, because I I was a technician, so my rise in ECA was I was a national I was a consultant, and then I became a national specialist by just default. I my work was too good and and Chelsea said, well, 
since you have given me this, come and implement it for me. I don't know anybody that can do what you tell me to do here. Very successful program, designing the agro-tourism program for Jamaica. And then the minister in Barbados saying, well, this is what I think I would want in Barbados. So going to Barbados to assist with the establishment of the agro-tourism center there for the government mm. of Barbados as a regional specialist. And then two years later to be named as a representative for the, the OECS. I, I think for me, that trajectory was, was quite, and being successful at it, yeah. in the OECS for eight, eight plus years. Wow. People thought because I was a middle child and so loud and rude that I could not be a diplomat. So I would have <laughs> got myself <laughs> in all kinds of trouble down in the OECS. So there were people who thought I would fail miserably at this job. Well, as I said at the beginning, failure is not an option. And go. if you ask any of the prime ministers, any of the ministers, some of them are back in power, some of them have gone. But if you ask any of them in the OECS about my tenure there, it is only fond memories for them and a lot Wonderful. of the programs. Well, that that is in existence now started under my tenure so kudos to kudos to that you know I wonderful film um douglas at the cop and we were laughing so hard because he was saying girl we miss you here <laughs> that was what he was saying and i'm like film that was so long ago he said yeah we still miss you that kind yeah. of but if you ask that that um that so that was a good moment being the chair chair of the board of governors of the five C's at this time, when so much is happening in climate change, I think is also one of those good moments. Being being on the bureau of the COP and actually sitting there at COP and chairing the COP, I mean, come on, yes, yes, <laughs> and that is the the conference yeah. of the parties, the UN's. Uh, premier gathering annually yeah. on climate change and you yeah. are there chairing the plenary uh, and and not not chairing a caribbean delegation no. chairing a global yeah. delegation of negotiators yeah. the, the, that, entire the entire plenary yes. sitting there and looking out and seeing it my name una may gordon president chairing the cup as the president, filling in, because as uh, being on the bureau, as a representative, you are one of the seven vice presidents of the cup, and, and you have to do podium duties. And I remember when Natalie said, you have to do podium duty. I'm like, what the hell is that? I'm not going up there. No, mm -hmm. but sitting there, chairing the cup and introducing and doing the duties and looking out and say, this is probably the pinnacle of a climate change career that you could in, in, in terms of that. And just Absolutely. leading the Jamaica delegation yeah. for six years yeah. into the conference, into some of those tumultuous time. Um, I joined the climate change division in 2016 um, and just putting Jamaica on the map, Jamaica's climate agenda on the map.
Yeah. Um, and being something well, that the rest of us can look up to. I mean, the yeah. rest of the region, certainly. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of our a lot of my my listeners and followers and people who who listen to the podcast aren't involved in climate. Huh? This is this is much, much bigger than that for me mm-hmm. and, and hopefully for them as well. Mm-hmm. But it is understanding how, you know, you believing in yourself, being very, very clear minded about what you want and what you don't want, or at least what you don't want. Mm-hmm. And having the confidence to be present yes. and to be willing to stand up for what you believe mm-hmm. in. And then deciding through one awful experience as a child, listen, I will follow the crowd this one time, but but not again. Not because again. I understand what it means, you know, to, to sort of craft my own path and craft a path on behalf of my country. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and to have that role be something that not just represents the region but but to, to stand up on behalf of the globe I mean that had to be humbling as well I mean like your siblings were your siblings like nervous for you I you know my my my, my mother was nervous because she was like you're just going when will you stop but she was also really really supportive and prayerful and yeah. she's like oh, let me pray for you today or where mm-hmm. are you now or whatever whatever and the other thing is that I I didn't want to leave the region. Yeah. So, yeah, I, you know, you get all these offers to go. I just wanted to be present in the region. Yeah. I'm just recognizing that we in the Caribbean cannot, you know, you hear about developing to a world-class Caribbean and that, but we cannot develop into a world-class society if we depend on others. So, so, you know, I take it onto myself. <laughs> to, I'm losing or, if we have a, or if we have a brain drain, if, if all yeah. of us, so if all I of the said, talent leaves, hey. all of the experience leaves, right? And, that's yes. and I know you would have had no end of offers from an international yeah. audience because you yeah. are so visible and you mm-hmm. are a world-class connector. And I encourage a lot of women and 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 underrepresented people not only to seek out connectors but to be a connector yeah. because that's what we all need huh? you need somebody mm-hmm. who sees who sees something and says you know what these two things need to go together yeah. and that would be a useful connection and mm-hmm. want nothing from it because you understand that by being yeah. a connector you create more mm-hmm. and it may come back to you it may not but if you have the power to connect that you should do it i i, I think that's that's part of it okay that's I'm ambitionless when it comes to these things. If I, my, because of that, I tell you about my father. So I figure that I am responsible for the success of all women. Yes. <laughs> so yes. I find And you're also joy. working on that, right? Women empowerment. Tell me a little yes, bit about I that. I find joy when, when I see a woman succeed. I, silent joy, glorious joy, everything. When you see another woman succeed, you might not know the journey. It might be easy, it might be hard. But mm. when a woman succeeds in, in small ways, I I find joy in that. Yes. You know, I find joy in the woman in politics. I find that. And that is why, as you know, behind the scenes, I do quite a bit of work in women's empowerment, women transformation. Today, one of the young women in Jamaica just tell me, I tell her, okay, let me let me send you some money so you can do it. Hurry, I have to, I have to talk to Raquel, so let me do that now. Right? So, so that, and I, and I spend a lot of time and contribute 
in many, many ways, including financially, to young women's development and their well-being. Because I think if each day you get up and you can just help one person, yeah. just one, yeah, then 365 in a year and 366 in a leap year. So just one. And so I take that on really as part of the, the mission and the purpose mm -hmm. that maybe, and I, as I say, I'm ambitionless. I don't need any, you don't need to call my name because if my name is called on the amount of things that I've either started, been involved with, supported in this region, people will start to, to stone me. <laughs> no, just a lot of mercy when does she stop again? yes 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 and it's the truth and i've been true. it's been such a joy just getting to know you getting to see you on the international stage um being represented by you knowing that you are in the difficult rooms where we are sometimes not no. and mm -hmm. and knowing that we have someone who is willing to say the hard things that other people may not be willing to say. Yeah. It's been so good. And I mean, sometimes in this, in this climate space, you get very, very nervous about loss, you know, it's sometimes very lonely. Yeah. 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 And, and, and but, very scary. I think, huh? I think like, we, we also need the truth in the space. Yeah. And I think also that is, that is one of the things that for me, that the respect comes with the truth that yeah. I bring to the process. This is going to work. This is not going to work. Take yeah. time. Yeah. You know, that yeah. kind of, that kind of, um, I remember walking out of, out of a negotiation and I fling my backpack on my shoulder and I said to the, the and people were like, you, you know, I heard, I heard that story. <laughs> you cannot leave. I'm like, I cannot leave. I'm leaving. I'm going to sleep. I heard that story was yes. like 11 o'clock in the night and you just start pack up your things. Oh, two o'clock in the it morning. And you just start pack up your things and you're yeah, like, I'm done. And I'm like, okay. You're not about this thing. Yeah. It was 2.30 in the morning and we were going from 4 p.m. Yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. Nonsense. And I, yeah, yeah. they can write me off. That's fine. But I just left and tell them tomorrow morning, <laughs> you decide and then when I come tomorrow morning I don't need to talk to you all right I left <laughs> you know I heard the story I believed it right but it's another thing to hear you say <laughs> I know because we we had agreed at, at 11 o'clock we had an agreement yes and people were over in a yeah. and all these kind of things no no time exactly. yes yes sensible logical person how it, it made no sense so my my brain tuned out and if mm -hmm. i am sitting down there i'm wondering what the hell am i doing here <laughs> so i got up i took my knapsack and i tell them since i am this stupid one here you all continue discussing i'm going to sleep that and was, with that, and on that exclamation mark, I'm I'm going to remind all of you sort of my key takeaways from this, which is to be willing to stand up for yourself, be willing to, to lead and not follow, and being present and being confident in what you do. And if you do the right thing, and this, 
this this may not be a, been a part of the discussion, but certainly is the the unami that I've gotten to know. Mm -hmm. If you do the right things for the right reasons, everything else will fall into place. Everything else, yeah. everything else will fall in place. Do yeah. it right the first time. Yeah. So with that, I thank you, Uname. You see what I said? You were worth the wait. <laughs> I, I remain your troubled child. Thank you very much for, for inviting me to this phase. I thank I you so much for being here and having this conversation with me. I will make sure and include all of the details about the things that Uname has accomplished and, and her career. And because I think that, that she is the kind of woman that you need to watch and aspire to become like because it has not been through doing some kind of fancy tap dance that she has achieved the heights that she's achieved it is through being her authentic self showing up being prepared being knowledgeable but also being willing to say listen i don't know i don't know the convention but if i'm in the role that is a lawyer's job but if i'm in the role no one will know it better than me and i tell you put your head on a block for that because if she says it it is true and so I have been so delighted to share her with you and to have you have an opportunity to get to know this quality of woman and to hope that it inspires you on your journey and that you learn something, that you that you that you are bold in your execution because you understand that it is a bigger picture that's bigger than all of us. And it is important that we support and help each other on this incredible journey to make sure that we have more women and more diversity at the leadership level of every space so that we can all succeed together. Thank you. And if you haven't subscribed and I look forward to seeing you again, thank you for staying with us today. Thank you, Raquel.